We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this third Sunday of Advent and would love to have you sign in on our friendship pad. It's on each one of the pews near the center aisle. It's a black folder. Whether you're visiting with us or you're regularly here, we'd love to have you record that in the friendship pad. The announcements are in the bulletin this morning. Our youth are having a bake sale to benefit their mission trip that they take during their spring break. The Molokai bake sale will be out on the patio. You can buy all sorts of goodies in addition to donuts this morning. Also on Christmas Eve, which is next Sunday, in the morning we will be celebrating the fourth Sunday of Advent with Steve preaching in one service at 8.30 in the morning. And in the afternoon, we will, ha- we will celebrate Christmas Eve, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 7 o'clock with Jerry preaching. So we invite you to be part of that. The most crowded one will be 4 o'clock. So if you don't, wanna, if you don't like crowds, don't choose 4. Um, but it's, it's the one most of us choose because it works the best. Also, Bethlehem Village will be there for the children during the 2 o'clock and the 4 o'clock services If you would like to contribute something to Bethlehem Village, there's a way you can do that. There's a little tree out there that you can take a tag off of, and you would need to bring what is needed for that by this Wednesday so they can get that set up. It's also the last chance today to sign up to sponsor one of the poinsettias. This will be all full of poinsettias by uh, next Sunday morning. And you could also sign up today for the last time to give a gift through Heifer International out on the patio. Uh, also, if you would like to dedicate flowers for the chancel that for they're there um, for the new year, there are a number of Sundays to do that. We still need flowers. You can do that or or uh, sponsor the poinsettias at the deacon's donut cart this morning. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Lord God, as the sun shines into this sanctuary this morning, we pray that the light that uh, called everything into being will shine into our hearts fill us with your joy as we hear once again the christmas story the good news that the word has become flesh incarnate in jesus christ and moved into our neighborhood help us to rejoice we ask in your name amen
Please join me for our call to worship. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Our, our God has turned our weeping into singing, our tears into songs of joy. Our souls magnify the Lord, our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. The Mighty One has done great things for us. Holy is God's name. For God is our Maker and our Redeemer. From generation to generation, God gives mercy. We sing, Noel, Noel, the proclamation of the angels. Peace, peace, born is the King of Israel. Amen. Let us stand and worship the living God. Yeah. 
merciful God, always with us, always coming. We confess that we do not know how to prepare for your advent. We've forgotten how to hope in miracles. We've ignored the promise of your kingdom. We get distracted by all the busyness of this season. Forgive us, God. Grant us the simple wonder of the shepherds, the intelligent courage of the magi, and the patient faith of Mary and Joseph, that we may journey with them to Bethlehem and find the good news of a child born for us. Now in the quiet of our hearts, we ask you to make us ready for his coming. For we pray through Christ, the coming one. Amen. My friends, the good news of this Advent season is forgiveness of sin and new life. Let us commit our lives to Christ's way of hope and peace. Thanks be to the Advent God who comes amongst us, setting us free to love and to serve. Amen. This is the city, Bethlehem, city of David. It's a quiet, peaceful little town. And when people want to disturb that peace, I get involved. My name is Josephine. You can call me Joe. I wear a badge. Maybe our source was wrong, Joe. Things seem pretty quiet. We had gotten a tip that something was going to happen that night in Bethlehem, so we headed downtown. It was a quiet night, a silent night. All was calm, all was right. People were sleeping in peace heavenly peace, but things changed in a hurry. This is my rookie patrolman, patrolman rookie. Maybe quiet now, rookie, but I can smell it. There's trouble brewing. Let's go look around, boss. They're coming. They said they saw angels. Angels are on their way here. No, shepherds are on their way. Let's have the facts, ma'am, just the facts. They said they saw angels. Ugh. Since the census nonsense started, we've had nothing but noise. Now what's going on? Well, I was walking into town and I met a bunch of shepherds and they're all acting strange. They said they saw angels. And the angels told them a king was born in Bethlehem tonight. 
They're on the way into town now, shouting, screaming, singing. They're just so loud. They are very merry gentlemen. Merry? You know, happy, excited. Were they disturbing the peace? They said they saw angels. That's good enough for me. Arrest those men. There they are, boss. That's them, all right. I could smell the disturbance a mile away. That's not a disturbance, Joe. Shepherds just smell like that. I thought the disturbance smelled a lot like sheep. Let's go look around, boss. No, let's follow them, see what they're up to. So the angel says, don't be afraid. Write that down. Aha, arrest those merry gentlemen. They're not shepherds. That's right. My name's Scoop. I'm a reporter for the Bethlehem News. And this is my cub reporter, Cub. And this might be the biggest story of our careers. A bunch of shepherds is a big story. Shepherds? You think this is about shepherds? They're saying a king was born right here tonight. You know, the king of Judah, the long-awaited Messiah. sources. That was subtle. Okay, what have you got for us? Angels spoke to the shepherds. We know that. But check this out. The prophet Micah says that Messiah will be born in Bethlehem tonight. And the prophet Isaiah says the baby will be worshipped by shepherds and honored by kings. Shepherds, huh? This could be the biggest story in history. The baby of the world was born in Bethlehem tonight.
trying to tell the angels what to do, but don't you think they could have told us which manger we'd find them in? How many mangers are really in this town? Too many. Hey, if God is sending a king to the world, why do you think he told us first? Remember what the angels said, good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. <laughs> How many mangers are in this town? Oh, it's you again. Still working on your big story? Sure, the baby who's going to be king. Don't you get it? The shepherds are just here to cause trouble. The baby story is just a cover. Look, I'll show you. Okay, first we had shepherds, right? Okay, you guys be the shepherds. Uh, okay. You, what's your name? Gabriel. Okay, Gabriel, you're gonna be our angel. What's next? The glory of the world shone around them. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, let's say this is the manger. You guys be the animals, you guys be the parents, the rest of you be animals. So we're supposed to believe that an angel appears to a bunch of shepherds to tell them some special baby was born in a stable full of animals? Right here in Bethlehem? And you'll find the baby wrapped in swollen clothes lying in the manger. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. disturbing the peace? No, rookie. After a thorough investigation, I'd say that peace has come to Bethlehem tonight. All is calm, all is right.
wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love how do you follow that Psalm 126 is our psalm for this morning. One of the psalms of ascent that uh, the pilgrims on their way up to Jerusalem would sing as they went up for high holy day celebrations. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for how simple this story is. The children and youth and old men and old women can enter into the mystery of this story and find themselves caught up in who you are and what you are doing to heal our world. We ask that your Holy Spirit now will bring illumination to your word in Jesus' name, amen. I think I was about somewhere between 10 and 12 years old when my parents announced one day to my sister and I that we were moving from our hometown where I had lived from age 3 until about 12 and then there was an interlude and we came back again. But I'll never forget that experience of arriving somewhere halfway through the sixth grade in that pre-adolescent sort of phase of my life to discover that I was going to be moved from the city that I loved. From the school that I loved. From my neighborhood friends. And all that I was associated with the house in which we live, I bonded with that place. How important it is to be connected with a place. Paul Ternier, the Swiss psychiatrist, said that God has provided us a place to stand, a place to live, a place for us to grow in our identity and, and to grow up and to mature. And that is, becomes the very foundation of our lives. And yet I was being moved away, 50 miles away to a little town out in the middle of nowhere where all the carbon black of the country is produced. And you approach Borger, Texas, and it looked like Sodom and Gomorrah 
with the black clouds floating over the prairies. My dad was starting a new business. I didn't like the town. I didn't like the people. I didn't like the neighborhood. Didn't like the school. I was out of place. Things weren't going too well for my dad's new venture either. The family became restless. I was unhappy. The whole family was unhappy. And I began to dream. I don't think I talked about my dreams with my parents, but I began to dream about going home, of returning home. I'd see my friends in the neighborhood and playing football with them and all the other things that kids do in a neighborhood, walking to school with them. I'd see our house. It was our house. Deep within my soul was this longing to go home. And then one day an amazing thing happened. Our parents, with smiles on their faces, announced to my sister and I, that we were moving back home. And I'll never forget the joy. That inner sense of relief. The exile was returning home to the foundations of security and happiness where I could finish out my junior high and high school years and graduate and it was a fulfillment of a dream that I had not expected to ever happen. I didn't know Psalm 126 then, but my story as a kid was not too unlike those who had been taken into Babylonian captivity in the 6th century B.C., who had lost everything, the holy city, the holy land, the promised land, the temple destroyed, the people scattered, and thousands of people taken 700 miles away to a distant city to live in an environment of paganism and a place where there was tremendous unhappiness. And the people longed to return home and Jeremiah the prophet wrote them and said settle in in Babylon pray for the peace of Babylon seek to build up that place your life your history your identity is in God's hands in God's own time and so the people waited and no doubt they prayed hoping one day to hear the good word that freedom was coming that deliverance was on its way and they were going home. 
It took almost a hundred years. And then one day Cyrus the Great, the Persian, came and conquered Babylon in one night. And lo and behold, he released those exilic people who had been living in captivity for so long, who thought they'd never see home again. He released them and they returned home. And joy was restored. The word went out, the nations. It was like when the exilic community returned home, our mouths were filled with laughter. Our hearts were jumping with joy. We were following the glory of the Lord back into the Holy Land to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city of God, to be restored to the foundation place where so much of Israel's identity and destiny had been established. Joy. Joy at the mighty works of God. Joy at the surprising inbreaking of God. A joy that comes when we are surprised how quickly life can change. Eugene Peterson, in his little book on the Psalms of Ascent, said that joy has a history, it has a past, it has a present, it has a future in a biblical sense. And the psalm invites us to enter into that movement of past, present, and future when we think of joy. What is it that causes us to be happy in this biblical sense, to, to have joy? It is that awareness that there is a living God who has been active in our lives and is able to bring us home when we least expect it and help us to enter into the fullness of God's salvation, to live in the, under the reign and rule of God, and to experience the blessings of life. We've had a lot of joy in the life of this congregation in the past year, haven't we? We've been remembering 100 years of great blessings. I remember when we came back into this sanctuary after re rebuilding it, I stood up here at the, the beginning of the announcements that morning and I found I couldn't speak. My throat was tight and I felt like weeping and some tears began to come, but they were not tears of sadness. They were really tears of joy, of the fulfillment of seeing a people come home to the place where God is worshipped. And then last June, when we made the final payment on our church debt, we had the check for over $300,000 that we were sending in. It was the last payment. And a group of us on the session, we went down into the parlor of the church and we stood in a line and we held the check out in front of us and we took pictures. We were grinning from ear to ear celebrating what God had done in and through His faithful people. Dead free. Joy has a present. 
And it may well be that we're present this morning and there's not a lot of joy in our hearts. Peterson said that uh, you do not have to always be laughing and joyful uh, to be a Christian disciple. Amen to that, I would say. But some of us thought, start with, with the assumption that we have to always be happy. And if we're not happy, if we're not rejoicing, if we're not laughing, then it's just proof that we're not Christians. And he said that's not the case. Because life at times is ambiguous and we do not understand what's going on. Life is not going well. We're not a happy people. We're more exilic than we are at home and there's that emptiness that can come in the search not knowing really what it is we are searching for I love Gene Peterson's translation of this he says restore us again send rain upon these souls that are so dry life can be so surprising can't it we have a bit of happiness a bit of joy in our lives and the first thing we know it slips away that's what C.S. Lewis said in his autobiography surprised by joy He'd been on a long spiritual thirst, search that had taken him from, from being an atheist to an agnostic. Finally to a theist, he could somehow believe in God. But he'd arrived at a place where he was absolutely certain that he did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And he was stuck. And one morning, his brother, Warney, got him in the sidecar of the motorcycle. I don't know if he scared him to death or not. I don't think so. But they drove to the zoo. He said, I started out in the sidecar on our way on that sunny morning to the local zoo. And I knew I was not a Christian. I did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God. He said, a strange thing happened. By the time we arrived at the zoo, I knew I believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and the Savior of the world. He said, I hadn't had any great intellectual thoughts on the way to the zoo. I had not been in a battle inside of myself intellectually. There had been no emotional trauma in my life. He said, it was simply like waking up after a long night's sleep. When you lay in bed motionless, you're not, you don't know if you're awake or dreaming or whatever. But suddenly you're awakened. And you're ready to get up. <laughs> He said, I awakened to the reality of God revealed in Christ and I moved from the darkness to light. And he could have said, 
I was surprised by joy. Joy has a history. It has a past. It has a present that may be mixed. But it also has a future. On the basis of all that we've experienced along the way, we have come to trust and to believe that the ultimate destiny of the whole creation is the new creation. The inbreaking of the kingdom of God in which the chief business will be joy forevermore with God, with Christ, with all God's saints together, gathered around the throne of God, with the hallelujah chorus being sung, and the praises of saints in every generation. That's our future. Where the lion and the lamb will lie down together, where there will be a peaceable kingdom where there will be no more suffering, our sorrow, our sin, our death, our tears, all wiped away. This is the future promise of joy. And it is to this ultimate reality of the transformed heaven and earth that the psalmist pointed to as he reflected upon the past experiences of joy of Israel, the present ambiguity God, do it again. Restore us. Rains pour down upon us. We as Californians today pray that the rains will pour down upon these parched lands of ours that are being consumed by the fires. We've been talking a lot about, or at least some, about the challenges of our ending this year our 100th anniversary year. And it seemed appropriate to say that I can hope that we will end this year, financially speaking, with a great surge of joy. Because we met our expenses, the people gave sacrificially and cheerfully out of their experience of joy that cannot be simply generated on the basis of their own efforts but simply is a gift and a consequence of living in Christ and because of that are moved to bless the mission of God through Laguna Presbyterian Church as we've been doing We need to receive about $200,000 between now and December 31st to meet our expenses. I don't know about you, but I do not want to end this year in the red. This is not the year to end in the red. This is the year to end in the black. I hope you will hear the challenge. It seems like every year we come somewhere around here and I have to make this appeal. But it is consistent with the message of the morning. We want to celebrate on January 1st that we're launching a new year. Not only with our debt taken care of, but with the mission of this church underwritten and supported by the people of God. So remember that as you're thinking about your pledging for 2018, but also in your giving between now and the end of the year.
may we have a great expression of Christian joy, of thanksgiving for all that we have received. Thanks be to God. Please stand with me and let's affirm our faith. These are the words adapted a bit from Luke chapter 1 of Mary's Magnificat. The song that she sang in praise and deep joy for the promise of God that she would be the mother of the Savior of the world together. Our souls magnify the Lord, our spirits rejoice in God our Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servants. Surely from now on all generations will call us blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for us, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever, to whatever God is inviting us at this time in our lives, relying on God's grace, we also say, yes, Lord. You may be seated as we receive the morning offering.
called Emmanuel, which means our God is... Let us pray. Holy Father, who makes us glad with the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, enable us by the power of your Holy Spirit to joyfully receive him anew as we are ushered through this season of Advent, so that with confidence we can behold him as our Lord, God, and Savior. To you as the giver of life and hope, we bring our prayers for creation and its care, for the nations of the world, for our nation and its leaders, for this community and those who are in authority, and for your church universal as it works on your behalf to bring new life and hope. And we pray for our own church, especially for this Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of your Son, that all those who walk through these doors that morning, afternoon, and evening would have open hearts and minds to your truth and love and experience the joy of knowing the love and grace of God. In response to our faith, we bring these gifts and offerings. Trust they will be used for your glory, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem, home, there was found no room for thy holy nativity. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. charge listen to the apostle peter's words in his first letter blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ by his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, 
you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. May our hearts be filled with this quality of God and heaven's joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.